appreciate you all coming out today. Trust we're going to have a good time together in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Uh, I hope and pray that everybody comes back tonight, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. And, uh, and have your heart in tune with the Lord. Lord, uh, send a great revival to my soul. That, that, ought to be our, that ought to be our prayer. I'm going to try to sing one of Debbie's songs. Most of you know that Debbie wrote a lot of music. And uh, she was a huge, uh, huge part of the ministry that way. And uh, this is this is one that um, that I, I I just thoroughly enjoy this song and trust it'll be a, a blessing to you. I stood in heaven's courtroom before the judge of all. God's word declared me guilty. I heard the gavel fall. But then a gentle voice spoke the words, you have a choice. There is one who bore your sin and shame. Nailed to bleed and die, reigning now on high. Trust in him, Jesus is his name. Washed away in Calvary's flood. My past is past, my future is secure. Not for any good there was in me, only through the Lamb of Calvary could my debt of sin ever be. filled with people who never once have heard the message of redemption from God's eternal word. How can we go free and ignore their destiny? Fields are white, but laborers are few. If we are too late, hell will be their fate. Share the news that someone shared with you. Washed away in Calvary's flood.
past is past, my future is secure. Not for any good there was in me, only through the Lamb of Calvary could my debt of sin ever be paid in full. Praise God, my debt is paid in full. Oh, I'm thankful to have that debt paid, aren't you? If you would, take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Acts. Acts. Did I get this on right, did I? Okay, Acts chapter 1. Chapter 2, I'm sorry. Acts chapter 2. I encourage you to take a minute and look over the book table sometime, uh, maybe after the service or this evening or during the week, there should be some things out there that would be a help to you. And I know you all have a bookstore here, and I encourage you to use your bookstore. Use it on a regular basis. You are blessed. Not many churches have that. But there may be some things on my table that they might not have, some things that would be a help to you. And uh, that's, uh, that's the reason for the book table. Acts chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 37. If you have your place in the Scriptures and are able, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Acts chapter 2. And we're going to begin, begin in verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now let me just pause for a second here because this verse is, is, is misinterpreted, taken out of context, and messed up royally by, by a lot of folk. And, and it is really, really so simple. This is not the message, but I just want to take a, take a minute and show you something here. Uh, <clears throat> now, now the Campbellites will tell you, there it is, you've got to be baptized to go to heaven. But that, that, that's, not, that's not what this verse is saying. It, it says that we are to repent and, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for. That's because of. I, I, I am standing in the pulpit this morning for, for the reason that your pastor invited me to come. Amen. Uh, you see, uh, we are baptized because we got saved. Not to get saved, all right? So let me clarify that, all right? That's not the message, but let's, uh, let, let's move on here. Now, verse, uh, verse 39. For the promise uh, is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word... So you see, they gladly received his word first. They got saved. And then and they, they were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, if you would, look back at verse 37, the first part of the verse, one more time. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. The title of the message this morning, Don't Miss the Point. Don't 
miss the point. When the Spirit of God pricks us in our hearts, don't miss what God's trying to do in your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we ask you today that you would uh, move amongst us today. Lord, uh, speak to each and every heart here. God, you know the needs. You know the burdens that folks are carrying. You know the, uh, uh, the situations that we're dealing with. And, and uh, Father, you know the saved and the lost. Lord, there may be some folks here today that have never been saved. Uh, Lord, they need to get saved, and then they need to follow you in baptism. And, and uh, Father, I pray that you just work in every heart, have your will and way in our lives. God, would you, would you begin to work in our hearts regarding this subject of revival? Oh, Lord God, that you would revive us again and that you'd do something great in our lives. Now, Lord, I need you. I pray that you'd touch me. I just want to be a blessing to these folks, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, in the context here, go back a few verses there to uh, verse 14. Uh, Peter had been preaching, and in verse 14 it says, Peter, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. All right? So, so Peter, Peter had been preaching, uh, and uh, I'm telling you, he, the Bible says he lifted up his voice. All right, I, I believe preacher, P- Peter was preaching loud and hard. Amen. <laughs> he, he was letting it rip, so to speak. All right, uh, shucking the corn. Amen. Uh, Peter was preaching. He was preaching. And, and uh, now, some folks don't like preaching. <laughs> I got to admit, there, there are folks that don't like preaching, but uh, the but, but Bible says we ought to preach loud. All right, uh, over in, in Isaiah 58 and verse 1, uh, cry aloud and spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, amen? Uh, <clears throat> preaching uh, involves sometimes lifting up the voice a little bit, and, I, and, and, and it, told, it told us back there in, in 14, uh, Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice, Peter was preaching. I, I don't think Peter was having a little talk with the folk that day. <laughs> right. I don't believe that's what was going on at all. Uh, he, was, he was preaching, and God uses preaching. God uses preaching to bring conviction to our hearts. And I need to be convicted at times, amen? Uh, do y'all, uh, there are times that I need the Holy Spirit to get a hold of me. I need the Holy Spirit to shake me up a little bit. And that's what preaching does. Preaching gets us to that point where we have to do something about the situations going on in our lives. Now, now let, me, let me say right to start with, there ought to be a few times when we can relax and say, Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> You're not getting my toes today. Every now and then, a message ought to be an attaboy. Amen? Every, I hope that we're not that far gone <laughs> that every single message brings conviction to our hearts. Preacher, once in a while, it ought to say something that's just in, and not, not that it's the message, but our hearts ought to be in tune every now and then. Amen? But there are times, more often than not, <laughs> where... <clears throat> There's a little adjustment needed. And the Spirit of God uses that, uses the preaching. John chapter 16 and, and, uh, and verse 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The Spirit of God does that. He works in our hearts to reprove us, to get our attention. And he does that through the preaching of the Word of God. Now, they had heard the preaching. 
All right, Peter had been preaching. And, and the Holy Spirit convicted, brought conviction into their hearts. And I remember, I remember as, a, as a little boy when the, when the preaching brought conviction in my heart and I knew that I was lost and on my way to hell. I knew I needed a Savior. Oh, but it didn't just stop then. I got saved, amen, and praise God for that. But, but down through my life, there have been, there have been many times when the, spirit, the preaching of God's Word brought conviction, the Holy Spirit worked the message deep into my heart, and I had to make my way down to an altar and get right with God. There, that, that's happened many times, many times. And uh, I thank God uh, for the preaching of His Word and for the work uh, of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, here in verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. That's the, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They heard the preaching, <clears throat> And they were pricked in their heart. The Holy Spirit was working. And by the way, that's the, that's the purpose of preaching versus teaching. Now, I, I was in pastor's class this morning, all right? And, uh, and he did a great job of teaching. And I think he made a, might have worked a little bit of preaching into his teaching that day, but it was primarily teaching time. It's Sunday school, and in school we, we, we learn, we have teachers that teach us, all right? Uh, preaching... Preaching brings us to a point of decision. Preaching brings us to a point where we have to make a decision. Did you ever notice that it's rare that a Sunday school teacher will have an invitation after the service, after his, his time, time frame? It's, it's rare. Why? Because nobody's going to come. It was teaching. Oh, but when we have preaching, we always have an altar call. Why? Because preaching brings us to a point of decision. I've got to make it. If, if the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart during the message, I have a decision to make. Do I stay in my seat or do I come to the altar and do business with God? Preaching is, is so important because it, preaching is what makes the, makes the changes in our life. It, it, it brings about the change in our life and, and, and we, we need that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us, but, but to us which are saved, it's the power of God. Preaching has power. It has power to change lives. It has power to get a hold of us when we get away from the Lord. Preaching, preaching has power to work in our lives. And God chose preaching. He chose the foolishness of preaching to save them which would believe. God chose preaching. And preaching is so important, so important in our, in our lives. Oh, they, they says, men and brethren, what shall we do? Did you see that? They were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Hey, they didn't even wait for the invitation. <laughs> they interrupted the preacher. I mean, hands went up in the, in the, in the uh, congregation. Men and brethren, uh, Peter and the other apostles that were on the platform says, What can we do? We're convicted. God's got a hold of us. God's working in our lives. What, 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 what do we do, preacher? I, 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 what do I do? What, what can I, I don't want to go to hell. God's spirit working in my heart. I don't want to go to hell. What do I do? What do I do? When the spirit of God gets your attention, you respond. You respond. Uh, if you're lost here today and the Spirit of God's working in your heart and you're so concerned, boy, if I died, where would I spend eternity? 
do I do? What do I do? We'll take the Bible in a little while. And you come to this altar. And we'll take the Bible and show you what to do. And if you just can't wait, if it's burdening on your heart so heavy, you, you come on, it's okay. It's okay. I'll keep preaching. We'll have somebody take a Bible and start showing you from the Word of God. Hey, what I'm trying to say is, is, is don't miss the point. Amen? The Spirit of God got a hold of these folks. They knew that they needed something, and, and they didn't waste the moment. Amen? They came, and, and, they, and they got right with God. They did something. They got, they got saved. Amen? Uh, <clears throat> hey, uh, Pastor O'Donnell, what, what do I do? Uh, the Spirit's got a hold of me. Uh, the, the Spirit's convicted me. He's pricked me in my heart. Well, what do I do, preacher? What do I do? Well, well, let me say, come, come, come while he's calling you. When you have that feeling like you got to do something, the invitation is going, and you got that feeling coming over your soul like I, I, I just need to go down to the altar, what do you do? Well, I'll tell you what we're tempted to do. We're tempted to grab the seat in front of us. And hang on for dear life, lest, lest I end up embarrassing myself in front of all those people. <laughs> That's what we're tempted. No, 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 no. What do I do? I let go and come. Can, can I tell you that it's not the devil making you feel like you need to come to the altar? <laughs> it's God. It's the Holy Spirit of God speaking to your heart. And I don't want to tell him no. Amen. There's some folks you can get away with telling no, but, but God's not one of them. Amen. God speaks to your heart. You better obey. You better obey. Now, there, there could come a time when he'll no longer speak to your heart. Yeah. There could come a time when he'll no longer deal with you. You'll no longer feel the convicting of the Holy Spirit. That's a scary place to be. I don't ever want to be in a place where God's given up on me and doesn't draw me closer to Him anymore. If you've never been saved, the Bible makes it very very clear. I'm not trying to be harsh or, or, or mean to anybody. The Bible makes it very clear. Without Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to spend eternity in hell. And God doesn't want that for you and neither do we. And so we give an opportunity, we encourage you to come and let us show you from the Word of God how you can get it settled, how you can know that heaven's your eternal home. It's such an important thing. But if we say no, 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 I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going. I, I think my baptism will be enough. I, I, I'll just keep going. I, I'll put money in the plate every time it comes by. I, I, no, no, no. I, I, I don't need God. I don't want, I don't want that. No, I'm not, I'm not moving. I'm not, I'm not going to get saved. I'm not going to get saved. I know what the Bible says, but no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Maybe later. Maybe another day. There could come a time, folks. There could come a time when the Spirit of God says, All right, have it your way. And if the Spirit of God doesn't draw, we don't come. When God works on our heart and draws us to Him, we better just get up and run. Thank you, Lord. 
for drawing me to you. Thank you, Lord, for dealing in my heart. And we come down to this altar and we get saved, amen? That's what I did. I'll never forget the day. Woo! And I know I'm on my way to heaven because of it. Uh, the greatest day of my life, preacher, the greatest, by far, the greatest day of my life was the day that I let go and trusted Christ as my Savior. But some folks resist the Holy Spirit to the point where he backs off and they don't feel that drawing anymore. And they miss the opportunity to get saved. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss it. Christian, the preaching of the Word of God brings conviction to our hearts too. I'm, I'm glad I didn't resist and I finally got saved. But I don't want to resist when He speaks to me today either. Amen? I, 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 there could come a time when he'll leave me alone. And I won't feel that urge to go to the altar. I won't feel that urge to get right with God. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 18, verse 19, the Bible says, Quench not the Spirit. You see, don't ignore the Spirit of God or tell Him no. That's quenching the Spirit. God's working in your heart. God's working in your heart during the preaching. God's working in your heart during the invitation. And we say no. He's trying to put a fire in there. He's trying to put the fire of revival down deep in your soul. No, God, no. What you've done is you've quenched the Spirit in your heart. Quench not the spirit and by the way while we're on this subject another way we can quench the spirit too invitations given pastor has everybody stand with heads bowed and that's a clue that it's just about to wind down and we're about to head for for lunch right right so so we get everything in order we grab our bible and zip 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 and we start shuffling our papers and getting everything together. We start putting our coats on. Glory to God. We didn't need a coat this morning. Amen. Woo! <laughs> Thank God for spring. <laughs> Amen. But we start shuffling, getting everything all situated so we can make a quick exit as soon as the last amen is said. Now, what we've actually done is we've saved ourselves 30 seconds when the, when the last amen is said. But we've quenched the spirit. And somebody else sitting near you has been under conviction because they're lost and on their way to hell. And all through the message, they've been thinking, oh, I need to get saved. Oh, I need to get saved. What if I died tonight? And that, that's all that's on their mind. And now, What's that? What, what, what are they doing? Salvation's not on their mind anymore. What if that lost young man, young lady, 
boy, girl, elderly couple, if they don't walk the aisle and they don't get saved, it's because you've quenched the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. That lost person might not come back again. Now, now I said, I said, come while he's while he's calling you, and and praise God, he 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 works he works in our hearts. The altar is a special place. In the Old Testament, the the altar animals were sacrificed on an altar, and uh, <clears throat> folks, we we don't we don't bring a blood sacrifice to the altar anymore. All right, we're, we're, it's not not necessary. The sacrifice that Jesus made on Calvary was was the only sacrifice that that that, that will ever be required uh, from that point on. Now, now after salvation, God is not looking for a blood sacrifice. I mean, after Calvary, uh, He's not. That sacrifice was made. You just trust His sacrifice. You trust the shed blood of Jesus Christ to atone for your sin. Uh, but now, uh, now we've been saved, and, and we still have the altar, amen? I uh, thank God for a church that still has an altar call. Now, uh, what about the altar, Brother Black? Well, we don't have to bring some animals. We don't have to sacrifice on the altar. Well, what about the altar? Go to, go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, just a few pages over from where you are. Romans 12. Bible says in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So, so after we're saved, we still use the altar. We come to the altar, and, and instead of coming and, and bringing our sacrifice to the altar, we come on our own accord, and we are the sacrifice. And, and we bring ourselves to the altar, and we, and we lay ourselves out on the altar and say, God, uh, I am sacrificing myself for you, Lord, for your glory. I present my body, not a dead sacrifice, but a living sacrifice to be used by you, God, I give myself to you. You gave yourself to me. I give myself to you, God. God, will you use me? Present, I present my body a living sacrifice on the altar. On the altar. Now, oftentimes in Bible days, in the Old Testament times, an altar many times was, was erected to, to remember something God did uh, in, our, in our lives or in the lives of one of the, one of the Old Testament saints, something special that God did for them. And they'll erect an altar as a, as a, a memorial. Uh, Jacob erected an altar at Bethel. The children of Israel, you recall when they, when they crossed over Jordan, they erected an altar there, uh, an altar of remembrance and an altar to thank God for what God had done uh, for them. And, and uh, oh, there's so many, so many times when an altar uh, is appropriate. Hey, I got saved an altar. I was called to preach at an altar. Uh, I was married at an altar. And, and God called me to be an evangelist at an altar. An altar is an important part of our lives, and we need to use the altar. Uh, sometimes the altar was erected because they, they had just had a desire to communicate with God, and, and they thought, I'll make a special place, and I just want to meet with God in that special place. The altar ought to be a special place for us. 
The altar ought to be a, a place where we come and say, I just want to meet with God. Oh, I can pray in my seat. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I can pray when I get I, I get it, I get it. But during the church service, the altar is where God wants to meet with us. It's where God wants, to, wants us to do business with him. Sometimes it's just simply to worship him. Lord, you're worthy. I'm sorry, but, but real worship is not just singing and praising and having a good... That's, that's real worship is when we pour our heart and soul out to God and we're obedient to God. When his spirit says, come, and we say, no, I'm not moving, that's not worship. That's not worship. Christian, use the altar. Use, use the altar. It, it ought to be an important place in your, in your life. Use the altar. When the Spirit of God pricks your heart, respond right away. Right away. Right away. Not at home. Not at work. Not tonight. Not this afternoon. There's a devil will come and he'll steal that seed. He'll steal that fire. He'll pluck it right out of you. He'll give you something else to think about. And do business with God won't be on your mind. I guarantee you. Let's follow him when he says come. Don't miss the point. See, he pricks us in our heart. Let's follow him. Let's be obedient to him. Acts chapter, chapter 16. Let's take a quick look. Acts 16 and verse 25. <clears throat> Let's back up. And, yeah, verse 25. That's where we, where we want to be. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Amen. Hey, uh, Paul and Silas in prison, uh, praying and singing and having, having a good time in the Lord. Amen. Even in hard times. Amen. Uh, and and uh, the jailer, he's convicted. The Holy Spirit convicts him. He wasn't in a church service. There wasn't preaching going on, but the Holy Spirit started working in his life. And he fell under deep conviction. And, and what did he do? What did he say? What did he say? Man, if those guys ever get released, I want to get to. I want to go to one of their church services. If they if they ever get released, I, I think I think maybe I'll talk to them about getting saved. No, he was under conviction, and he came running in, and he fell down, and he says, he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Hey, it's kind of like those folks over there in the Book of Acts when they came under conviction, they called out and says, hey, well, what do we got to do? Men and brethren, what shall we do? Uh, I, I, I need a change in my life. I need something. I need the Spirit of God. I need salvation. I don't know what it is, but I need something. Help me. Help me. Help me. And, and that's, that's, what, that's what that jailer did. And glory to God, he got saved because he didn't put it off. Don't put off any decision for the Lord. Don't miss the point. You say, well... <clears throat> 
The Holy Spirit doesn't prick my heart like that. Sad. Maybe, maybe you've ignored him for so long that he doesn't bother you anymore. You, you can't fool me. You're not, you're not that close to God that, that, a, that a, a message, a Bible preaching message, never convicts you of wrong. James makes that very clear. If we say we don't have sin, truth's not in us. We're, we're lying. We're lying. If you never, never come under conviction during a preaching service and never feel the need to go to an altar, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. My heart ought to be, God, please, please, Lord, speak to my heart. God, we're having revival services. God, please, send revival in my life. Oh, I'd like to see the church get on fire, but I'm part of the church. God, send revival in my heart. The hymn. Fanny Crosby Hill. Ask me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, please don't pass me by. That ought to be our prayer. During the service, oh, we keep our focus on the preaching. But every now and then, just a little word, God, speak to me. God, give me something today. God, don't, don't let me sit through a revival meeting and not get anything from you, God. And maybe the reason that you don't feel that tug of, of the Holy Spirit in your life is, is, is God knows you're not going to move anyhow. He, he knows that when the invitation is given, you're not going to budge. They don't want it anyways. I'll go tap somebody else on the shoulder. Honestly, and, and I don't know you folks. I'm not, I know some of you I know, but, I, but I'm not here for church services. I don't know who generally comes to the altar and who doesn't. Like I said, every now and then there ought to be an attaboy. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe that every Christian ought to go to the altar every service, every invitation. You know, I mean, uh, anyway. Unless we want to come and pray for folks. There, there are people that do that. They're coming and praying for a, a lost loved one or or so, and and there, there's a legitimate burden on their heart, and they they meet with God at the altar every every altar call. I'm I'm okay with that. All right, I'm okay. But 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 it troubles me that some folks never. Did, did you hear me? Some folks never, never come to an altar to pray. Either your heart is so cold. I know you're saved, but your heart is so cold 
that the Spirit of God doesn't even bother you anymore. Or you're in rebellion against God. I'm not trying to be mean. I don't know who I'm preaching to. The, the, the Spirit of God put this on my heart. But let's not miss the point. When God wants to bless your heart. When God wants to meet a need. When God wants to encourage you and challenge you. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Keep a tender heart for the things of God. God, speak to me. Oh, God, you put this revival on my pastor's heart. God, there's a reason. Don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss it, God. Please, please give me what I need, God. And I promise you, God, if you bring conviction to my heart about something, I will obey. I will obey. Lost person this morning, my heart goes out to you. I, I sat where you sit. I know what it's like to get up from the church service and think, oh no, I, I hope the Lord doesn't come back today. I'll be left behind. If something happens and I die tonight, I was 12 years old, but I had a 12-year-old friend that got hit by a car one summer, and she died. And if I die, I'd go to hell. And I, don't, I, don't, I didn't like living that way. That troubled me. My heart goes out to you. You don't need to live like that. You can have victory in your life. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. God's speaking to you this morning. Don't miss it. I beg of you. Make your way down to this altar and let us help you. You can leave here with victory. No, and I'm going to heaven. As preacher mentioned a while ago, my wife left for heaven just over a year ago. She had such peace when she died. She knew she was going to heaven. She knew. You got to know. Christian, you're saved. You're going to heaven. But don't miss the peace and contentment of a life sold out for God. Folks don't want to lay themselves out on the altar, and you don't have to literally lay on the altar. But folks don't want to, don't want to surrender their, their life to the Lord, surrender their body to the Lord because they think they know better than God I wouldn't be happy serving God I just like it the way it is can't you trust God on something like that honestly honestly he made you <laughs> he loves you beyond measure don't cling to your sin come down to the altar come down to the altar and let God give you deliverance and bring real joy and real peace and real contentment in your heart and in your life. God wants to do something for you. Don't miss the point. Let's stand with heads bowed.
heads bowed and eyes closed. Father in heaven, Lord God, I pray that if you're working in hearts this morning, that they be willing to, to simply obey you, Lord. God, we want revival. Lord, would you begin that work in my heart? Could that be our prayer this morning? individually Lord would you work in my heart heads bowed and eyes closed no one looking around just have a couple quick questions for you you'd say brother black I, I like you am saved I remember the day when I asked Jesus to save me and I know I'm going to heaven when I die could you lift your hand up nice and high as a testimony of God's grace in your life hold it nice and high for just a moment hold it hold it up there so I can see it I'm saved, and I know I'm on my way to heaven. All right, thank you. You may put your hands down. Perhaps you'd say, Brother Black, I, I'm just not sure. But I really, really don't want to die and go to hell. I'm not sure that heaven's my home, but I really don't want to die and go to hell. Would you pray for me? Now, my prayer won't save you, but I'm going to ask God to help you. You'd say, Brother Black, I'm just not sure that I'm saved. Pray for me. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I wouldn't embarrass you for the world. Is there anyone like that? Just lift your hand up nice and high. Hold it up for just a moment. I'm, say, I, I'm, I'm not saved or I don't think I'm saved. Would you pray for me? Anyone like that at all in the congregation this morning? Anyone at all? Christian, maybe you'd say God spoke to my heart in some way today. Would you pray for me? Through the message, God spoke to my heart. Pray for me. Would you lift your hands up? Let me. Yes, yes, yes. Others? Pray for me. Yes, several hands going up. Others, include me in that prayer, Brother Black. Yes, I see another hand in the back. Father God, you saw the hands that were raised, and Lord, most importantly, you know the hearts of these folks. And Lord, though no one, or I didn't see anyone raise their hand that they didn't think they were saved, Lord, I'm going to pray for them anyhow. Would you give them the, the courage to step out of their seats on the very first verse of invitation and let us help them? God, for those that raised their hands, you spoke to their heart about something. I don't know what it might be, but God, you do. I pray they'd be willing to come down here and do business with you. Thank you, Lord. Have your will and way in the invitation. In Christ's name we pray. As the piano begins to play, many have already made their way to the altar. Won't you join me?